We're back from the holiday weekend on Locked On Coyotes. We're going to take a look at a Arizona Coyotes 2022 Year Rewind. What were some of the biggest stories that happened in the Arizona Coyotes for this last year? All on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Carl Pavlock on today's episode. we got a great show. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yes, that also includes being on YouTube. I also want to thank Carl for uh, holding down the fort for me while I was uh, taking care of uh, some last-minute things at work. And getting ready to uh, take the trip with the family and uh, visit them for, uh, you know, Christmas holiday. Uh, and I'm back now. I'm not back in Arizona. I am still uh, in vacation mode. But, you know, we have to get some episodes in as we get close to the end of the year. It's a 2022-year rewind, Carl. Arizona Coyotes, a very eventful year in 2022. Yeah, there was definitely a lot that happened this year. Absolutely. Let's, let's take a look at you know a couple of things that happened at the first half of this year that were, I guess, uh, spillovers from 2021. And we'll start by talking about the uh, the end of the era of Arizona Coyotes at Gila River Arena. You know that was I think probably one of the biggest things to uh, that we have to discuss because. They spent what nineteen years there, and all of a sudden, it at the end of this last season, they ended their tenure there, and they left Glendale. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely like for a while. It looked like things were going to, you know, maybe slow down, but they quickly snowballed with the city of Glendale uh, saying that they are not happy with the situation that they are uh, looking to move on. Um, this came right as the Coyotes were kind of announcing that they were going to be moving on. Uh, and so it led to a pretty messy divorce between the two. Yeah, it was, uh, that divorce was really interesting, especially the way um, the Coyotes were trying to, you know, move forward from it. They knew it wasn't going to happen. So, you know, they started coming up with ideas of what was going to happen. Um, and temporary remedies right i think it was at the beginning of at in january right we we're still wondering at the beginning of january of 2022 we were still wondering all right what are some temporary solutions uh you know over the course of that time people were discussing uh the the uh, the madhouse people were discussing uh, Chase Field, you know, the baseball stadium. People were discussing a lot of different places. And, you know, but the fact that that, that was going on, it just it just feels weird, right? That that halt was earlier this year. Like, it feels 
like it wasn't that long ago. Like it, feel, I mean, it feels like it was a long time ago because of the saga that the Coyotes have had to go through in just this last year. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. There, there's always been um, trouble and drama in Glendale, uh, mostly from like. I think the Coyotes have realized for the longest time that the arena is just not in the ideal location for them. Uh, And that made the city of Glendale kind of very wary about not keeping the Coyotes as a future, like imaginable, Um, like in the ideal future, I don't think Glendale wanted to have a tenant who was constantly looking for the way out. And I can appreciate that. Um, but it's definitely been a very long time, uh, so much so that I think one of the major factors was the Footprint Center was completely a no-go for the Coyotes being like a tenant there. Like They were not going to go. Uh, the Suns owner did not want them. But that is that, that, massively changed. That's a good thing changed. to bring up, too, right? That, that things have changed on that side, too. Yeah, they, the, the uh, now outgoing probably outgoing owner robert sarver of the phoenix suns uh renovated footprint center to ensure it would not fit hockey um and that was a really interesting saga on that side so they were like okay what are going to be what's the temp what's the best temporary solution everyone was evan was looking like okay um madhouse 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 yeah. Um, and if, but then people were like, but is it worth putting so much money into that much of a temporary solution? And then they came down to the idea of, okay, there's already given a newer hockey facility building built in Tempe at Arizona State University. Let's approach it that way. Totally temporary solution. Yes, it's going to be 5,000 seats or less. And um, But that was decided at the beginning in like mid-February. Yeah. Like, think about that also. The decide of at time was only called the ASU multi-purpose arena. And it everyone was giving it so much crap. It still gets crap because of the because of the seat capacity. But yeah. when you look at it in terms of the way they, you know, the way they approached it, it's like, okay, this is our temporary solution. And then they emphasized that at the beginning and they're continuing to emphasize that now. Yeah. Uh, I I do not think anyone has ever made it like the least bit ambiguous that the Coyotes uh, are happy to be there, but they want to move out as quickly as possible. And that this is in no way going to be, like any kind of long-term situation. Um, it's was a three-year deal with an optional fourth. Um, I've said from the very beginning, if I can imagine it maybe being like three and a quarters year. So you keep that option in there for like maybe the first part of the season, move later in the season. But yeah, the the Coyotes are, are definitely anxious to get to a new arena, which was, coming at the exact same time as the um, ASU arena kind of talk was happening. Yeah, there was a lot of things that happened. And just the arena saga, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, We're doing a complete Arizona Coyotes year rewind. A lot of things that happened in 2022 for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll get to more in just a bit. But first, let's take a word from some of our sponsors on the show. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, you're listening to a sports podcast, you can find those on BetOnline as well. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Carl, let's go ahead and continue the Arena Saga uh, version, you know, part of this year rewind show because the arena song is probably the biggest part of this year rewind because of everything that's happened i talked about this after the city council meeting at the end of november and i'm going to bring it up again uh the coyotes progress on trying to get the tempe entertainment district um, wheels in motion has really improved since the beginning of this year let's remember that Craig Morgan, I think, had reported at the beginning of this year, barely the beginning of this year, that that said that there was a potential it wouldn't that it didn't have the votes at the time. It did not have the votes in city council. Two were in favor, uh, I believe. Maybe even three were in favor. Two were not, and that leaves the other two undecided. For those that know, things had to happen in city council. It needed at least five votes to pass. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, okay, so they're in a strict limbo here. What are they going to do? Um, and the thing that that was happening at the time, multiple reports were coming out. Uh, I think one was specifically like a an article from Forbes that said Tempe to reject Coyotes Arena deal. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back. This is not what that's what what this what's being reported. It's, yeah. Right now, it's undecided. That was in January. A lot happened since then, where the two that were against remained against. And uh, then it, uh, but the undecided votes went in favor. It's like, okay, we're just again entering negotiations when we're seeing what we can do with it. And, uh, and even then, they've still come a long way since then. But just that part. Just that part from January to June, I think, was just such a saga because I think a lot of us were still on the edge of our seats because it's like, mm, what's going to happen? Yeah. And, and I remember, um, I think, that first city council meeting where the Coyotes attorney was like, hey, we weren't allowed to talk to you about this. Like, we submitted the proposal. Like, that, that is what we did. We submit the, the request that you guys do. And then the city council has to deliberate and decide on what to do. Um, they were speaking with the airport the entire time, apparently. Um, and when it finally got to the point where they're like, okay, now the Coyotes and the organization is legally allowed to talk about this um, with the uh, city council. And I can definitely appreciate that. You, do, you don't want to have like a business coordinating with the city government while – you know, in the very early stages before anyone's even voted on whether to move forward with anything, it gets complicated, but it's, it really seemed to turn things around really quickly. Like once the coyotes were able to get there and start engaging with, um, with people like 
it, to me, it's the biggest sign that they really want this to happen. That is moving forward just so smoothly. And that is really, you know, seeming to not run into hiccups. Like the fact that we went from major concerns by the airport where they're sending out mailers to now it's basically like, uh, airport res- complaints are pretty much taken care of. Um, which uh, let, let's not talk about how the airport concerns were mostly safety concerns. Um, safety least, and residential. Yeah, yeah. But it was also like they were framing the residential as a safety thing too. They're like, yeah, it's not true, good yeah. to have these people like being in like a high noise thing. And it's gone from like, oh, you're going to be screening all those calls? Yeah, that's fine then. It's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? That is not – that still frustrates me. The fact that the airport and the FAA framed things the way they did to get the concessions that they got. Yeah, and, like, I will say that I'm glad the city, the Coyotes, and the airport were able to smooth things over. Of course. Because yeah. that is a major opponent you do not want to mess with. Yes. And they're able to take care of that in just the last couple of months. Yeah. Especially because the airport noted part of their agreement with the city of Phoenix is the city of Phoenix needs to defend the interests of the airport. Um, which you don't want to have like two neighboring cities going to court with each other over uh, an arena build. Like, that is going to cause massive delays. Um, And, yeah, I am definitely glad that it got sorted out. I'm glad that they're in a good spot now. I just don't like the the path it took to get here. Yeah, let's go a little bit more into that bit, um, you know, into the further path it took. Because, uh, and I mentioned again this earlier this, or earlier last month, where I said that, you know, the two that we're against, right, were... uh, uh, council, uh, Councilwoman uh, Lauren Kuby, uh, she went through a state position, so did not a- a- after uh, not going for re-election in the city council. Um, and uh, Councilwoman Con- uh, uh, came for suit. Is it Susan? Yeah, just Councilwoman uh, Garland. Mm. Um, and she said at the end of the. The last city council meeting is like, yeah, at first I was skeptical and I still am. I still have my reservations, but I believe that the city of of Tempe will be making the right decision. So she voted yes. And it ended up going seven, seven and seven, nothing in favor. So unanimous uh, by the city council, which was awesome. Um, And up to the most recent part, Carl, which over the weekend, as we learned, is the Coyotes more than doubled the amount of signatures that they needed to officially put put it on a referendum. I'm still questioning why it put it's put it onto three different propositions, Prop yeah. 300, Prop 301, and Prop 302, but that's for a discussion for another show. Yeah, uh, I, I will say <laughs> this. Um, for people who follow Arizona politics, um, it, it, it's probably not the most surprising thing. There have been extensive court battles over what referendums are allowed to say, what language needs to be included. Um, and there have been plenty of things that have 
looked like they were going to be fine and gotten voter support uh, and then were tossed out because, you know, the description of the referendum signature thing wasn't valid. So I could see them splitting it up to make sure that it's airtight and not having like a kind of substantial legal challenge like that. Uh, it seems like a waste to me, uh, but there is another, there is actually another reason. And I know why, why um, there was a proposition in the Arizona election this year that asked the voters should each proposition in few in the future elections be restricted to single issue um, propositions, and because uh, the Coyotes project is not just one issue, it's got a lot of different aspects to it. They yeah. had to separate it. They were not allowed to have it in one proposition. Yeah, which I mean, it it makes sense. It's a it's an extremely complicated plan that involves like restoring what is now a garbage dump and making a entertainment rezoning district. it from yeah rezoning it into a whole entertainment district building everything you know knowing all the details um but it's officially going to be on the ballot yeah and, and that's great uh, it, it seems like that is going to be the best way to ensure that this goes smoothly i remember hearing reports that there were organizations that were threatening to go to court to make it go on the ballot if the city council voted to just do it outright. So going straight to the ballot, I think was fine. Uh, and then what it's coming up in May. Um, we're the May 16th, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, we're not really seeing any kind of major organized opposition to it. Um, I mentioned the airport mailers, like that was a single thing that has kind of ceased. Um, if there was a well-funded campaign against this, I can imagine them like just hammering it from like. To my knowledge, I think Case is still against um, this project due to uh, the uh, the giblets and due to uh, other financial benefits the coyotes are going to be getting off of this while housing prices are continue to go up um so case will continue to battle the development i I think that's going to be the major issue um and for those that know for those outside of arizona that don't know what case is case stands for central arizona for a stable economy um uh, and I'm not going to lie, I, I this is no disrespect against Case. I, I do not consider them to be a significant enough oppositional force as something like the Sky Harbor Airport or the city of Phoenix or even like the Goldwater Institute. Um, right. Well, which the the airport probably would have lumped in on a on a on a legal battle with if it came to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely how I see that one going. But, you know, it's it's good that things seem to be just kind of moving the right way for that. We are seeing a lot of positive energy, like the fact that no one with the city council like really had any kind of significant pl- complaints about it. Like, it's like, oh, this seems like a good idea. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know how the p- city of P- Tempe people are going to vote. But I was asked by my mom what I thought, and I was like, yeah, this seems 
this seems like it'd be a pretty good slam dunk for for the Coyotes organization. They have to play everything correctly, right? They have to really take a look at, uh, you know, the language that they use when they approach these voters and make sure that they know that unless they are going to be spending any time on that uh, on the district when it opens years from now, that there isn't that they're not going to be spending a single tax dollar on the project. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's got, that's going to be made known. Also, it's, it's not going to affect traffic too much because it's in a very specific spot where unless you're going to priest in Rio Salado, that was always my main concern when I lived in Tempe traffic. And, uh, I can definitely see that message to voters being like, Hey, this big thing is going to happen. It's not going to affect traffic too much for you. Absolutely. Um, but no, that's that's just another thing to uh, you know to lump in on those coyotes. You know the the yes, this just this year in we you know review this year rewind as we take a look at some of the big things that happened for the Arizona Coyotes organization in just this year of 2022. We're gonna uh, keep going. And discuss more in just a minute. I do want to thank everyone, though, for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world, in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep going, Carl. Um, And I think we you know, couldn't have a year rewind of talking about then where the Coyotes are currently playing now at the Mullet Arena. Um, you don't want to start uh, with the end of Gila River Arena in the last games? Because... You're right. You're right. Uh, the last games were crazy because we yeah. have to go... We, you're right. We had to talk about that. So we'll get to the Mullet, everyone, in just a moment, in, you know, later. But we do have to talk about the last couple games at... Uh, at Gila River Arena, um, because those were wild. Because I believe you were off for about a week, um, had to take care of some stuff on your side. So I was I was hosting the show by myself, and I was just like, you know what? Will it hurt the Arizona Coyotes uh, to continue to win games for their lottery chances? But yeah, it will. But yeah. but. I just want to see chaos reign on the NHL while the Coyotes just ruining everybody else's playoff chances. And that's what happened. It, like, it, they literally messed with the seating. They messed with everything. And I was just like, let freaking chaos reign. It was awesome to see, especially at the way their last game of the season and making sure that the uh, Nashville Predators would end up having to face the best team in the NHL, um, the Colorado Avalanche, for the first for the first round, rather than you know a little bit of an easier opponent. I mean, let's be fair the the Predators were never going to do very well in the playoffs, but that no. was fun. Uh, the Coyotes like ending the season with a with a three game win streak, including their final game at Gila River Arena, was was just kind of great. Um, it, it shows something where. 
Like I, I still think this aspect of the uh, the bear team is there where they do not give up, where they just keep going, like and they'll have like a strong finish. Um, and we've seen that at games like last year. We saw the or last season, we saw them do that in multiple games this season. Like, yeah, sure you're down five one, but score two goals in the final five minutes. Why not? Like, don't go down with that fight. Uh, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, as that was going on, um, while the coyotes were having their resurgence to end the year, uh, you know, people were just going on and kind of reminiscing over other good things that happened at Healer River Arena, you know, other memories, you know, even understand the good things, but other memories. Yeah. Um, we had our we had an episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast dedicated to asking for everyone's memories, and we had a decent amount of submissions. People sending them some you know some some memories. I was at Gila River Arena for one of the last games, uh, you know, interviewing some fans, asking them, and people just had so many different ideas. The whiteouts, uh, you know, the Shane uh, Doan hat trick. Know, Shane Doan hat trick, uh, and a lot of things like that. And it's just, it was so nice to see people kind of coming together reminiscing, but also being excited for the future, right? They're like, yeah, you know, we're going to, like, like, we were put into into a, uh, you know, a crummy situation with Gila River Arena and in Glendale, but we're looking forward now, and, like, we'll remember some of these things. But we're going to have a lot more opportunities in the east side, you know, in the yeah. East Valley. It's just going to be so much more to do, so much more to be able to see. And um, you know, I think, I think most a solid majority, uh, like a super majority of fans, uh, shared that sentiment. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's not hard to see why fans were starting to reminisce uh, the arena where the Coyotes had played for so long was going to be closed for that purpose. Uh, plenty of people are probably never going to go to Glendale again or do it very rarely. So you're not going to see kind of all of the things at Westgate for a very long time if you're uh, a lot of fans who just went there for hockey. Uh, also, the team was just really bad uh, because Clayton Keller and Lawson Krause both sustained uh, season-ending injuries. So it's like, ugh. This is rough, uh, and like so many people. You mean you, you you mean we couldn't rely on on uh, Travis Boyd and uh, and Jay Beagle uh, and, and and Jay Beagle. <laughs> Louis Erickson was unable to save the season. I don't know what happened. Uh, everyone expected it, um, but yeah, you know, like anytime things are rough, I, I think that people tend to focus on the past and it it was just kind of a a good occasion to do that and then as soon as it was over um i don't know what other people would like but i was like huh okay well it's over that's uh that's the end of that saga i'm just gonna completely close the book on it and everyone's just like all right tempe here we come yeah tempe here we come uh and then there was the lottery to like draw focus on, the draft, all of that kind of fun stuff. <laughs>